the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's interesting. I mean, that's all I really have to say. The uh, markets were down quite a bit on Friday, but it, you know, it actually, it's pretty normal. The, uh, we've been on a slight downward trajectory, which is uh, just how stocks behave. You know, that's one of the things I, uh, I, I was so naive. I think when I started this radio program back in 1996, <laughs> I thought that at some point in time, everybody's going to get this. And what I didn't uh, realize was that the everybody is changing every year. Every year you get a, a year older. Every year a whole bunch of people pass away. A whole bunch of people graduate college. You know, they, they move up into a second job or a third job and gain experience. So uh, reality is, I guess the information still got to be passed on somehow. And I just thought it would be, you know, uh, well, because it, it is available, I mean, almost anything you can think of is available today, but having the time to sit down and go through it and practice it, and uh, there is a lot, there's a lot to know about finances, um, investing is a big one, and uh, so anyway, I was just surprised, I'm not even sure why those thoughts came up the way they did, <laughs> but uh, so anyway, I was talking to uh Guy's got his first good job. He's looking to put money away and uh, starting a, a plan. He's actually an independent contractor, so that means he can set up a a solo one 401k plan if he would like to. Those are really nice. You can put a lot of money away and deduct it off your taxes, so that that's a nice thing. You can invest it any way you want. Um, the uh, vast majority of the firms that I use for that don't charge you to open it they don't charge you for the documents you know they 
ongoing uh, annual maintenance. I think it's zero now, you know, which is pretty nice. It makes it a lot easier um, on everybody. So you know, if you're out there, you're self-employed, you can do those sorts of things. It's, it's pretty good. If you've got a side hustle, you can do those sorts of things. So the side hustle is the, uh, um, a really popular phrase now. You hear it all over the Internet. And basically what it means is you've got a, a side business. More often than not, they're referring to a business that might be over the Internet. So just thought that was uh, you know, it's just amazing how much stuff is going on. And uh, I look at where we are today, you know, as an economy. And, you know, normally I take the first 15 minutes and just talk about uh, the economy in general. The next 15 minutes we'll talk about um, fixed or, or guaranteed rates return. There's not a lot of talk about there in the bonds or CDs, but there are other areas. And then the last 15 minutes we'll actually talk about some individual stocks and uh, see how that goes. So... If you have a, a phone call or question, you can always call me 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. That's the uh, number here at the station. I'm here live today. So feel free to give us a call and, and uh, ask any questions that you'd like. If I can answer my will, if I won't, I'll write it down. I'll get back to you. The, uh, that, that's another thing about our industry. It's kind of like uh, the Internal Revenue Code. That's why I don't ever want to be a tax preparer. <laughs> I have to know something about taxes. I don't have to know a lot. And uh, and I know enough to know that I don't want to be, that. that's not the career I would have chosen. And uh, an awful lot of people confuse it with investing. And I get it. It's both financial. You know, there are financial things. Uh, and a lot of the financials, you need to be able to, to read a, an income statement, at least, at least some financial statements, to be able to evaluate a company. But that's a long way from doing their their tax return. Uh, so, and anyway, um, not the same. Uh, kind of closely related. Kind of like a uh, doctors. You know, the doctors tend to specialize, and then you have a generalist who will refer you to a specialist. And that that's kind of how we work as a financial advisor. We're kind of a generalist. You got to know a little bit about a whole lot of stuff, and you have to be able to recognize when you need to refer somebody to a professional in that, that that specializes in that. So whether it's taxes, estate planning, insurance, um, those are three separate vocations. They're all kind of related to what we do. And it's one of our jobs to be able to recognize when we need to, where we need to point you in what direction. Uh, and anyway, I've got to take a, a phone call. And uh, Wayne's calling in this morning. Wayne, how you doing? I'm fantastic. How about yourself? Um, pretty good. What's your uh, opinion of putting money into BDCs versus CEFs? BDC. You want to go ahead and uh, define that for me? Um, business Development Corporations. Okay. Versus? And CEFs are closed-end funds. Um, so the Business Development Corporation, now that you said that, it, it just jogged my memory. There are tons and tons of different kinds, and the uh, uh, closed-end funds really like a mutual fund, but the the price, the share of the price of the fund can fluctuate, and it can actually be selling for more than the underlying assets are worth, and or it could be selling for less than the underlying assets are worth. That's why most people they're they've fallen in um, popularity, you know, ever since the ETFs first started rolling out. 
in uh, I really don't. I'd have to look at the specific product uh, or the investments in the in those funds to be able to give you a good opinion. There's no way um, you know, to look at it from an investment standpoint unless you know what they're invested in. Okay, yeah. all right. She suggests studying where they got their money and then making the decision there. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You need to uh, look up the prospectus on there. Uh, they, it'll tell you how they're investing the money or their quarterly reports. You can go in oftentimes and pull up the holdings if you want to go to the SEC's website. And that'll give you a really good idea. And actually, that's a good idea anyway, because sometimes you know funds will say, this is what we're going to do. And then you look up the holdings and you're like, hey, wait a minute. That doesn't, <laughs> that is not what you said you're going to do. Oh yeah, we changed, you know. So yeah, that, 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 one of the things I really like about what I do is the level of transparency. So I've got this fancy Morningstar edition. It costs like a thousand bucks a month. And it allows me to go in and pull up all the holdings of any fund. And I can see every single one of them. So I can kind of see when, when I'm, uh, when I'm looking for something, Oftentimes the name might make you think that it's doing something that it's actually not doing. And uh, so that, that gives me a, you know, that's a big, big benefit. And it's, it's, by the way, it's, I, I get these questions a lot and I, I just had a, a guy ask, you know, he wants to invest in energy stocks and, and I look at the price to sales ratios, price to earnings ratios on the energy stocks. And I go, oh, yeah, I can see why he wants to do that because statistically they're cheap okay, relative to their long-term averages in the stock market in general. So I'm like, okay. Uh, and then I'm looking at the holdings and I can go down really quickly, look at some of the financial statements on some of those top holdings. And by the way, all this, inf- the, the stuff that I've talked about so far, it takes about an hour. Takes it, and, I, <laughs> and I've been doing it for 30 years. <laughs> uh-huh. all right. So if it's going to take me an hour, um, somebody that's not, you know, that, that hasn't practiced for quite a while, probably going to take a little bit longer than that. And that, and that's where people uh, have a tendency to get in trouble is they get tired of, of doing the research. And a lot of them will just go, oh, I'll just go ahead and invest in it. I'm not sure I would ever do that. In fact, I'm, I'm absolutely, absolutely sure I would not do that. Cause uh, when I first started in the business, the industry that I'm in, I'm a registered investment advisor. We're a, a percentage of assets, not a commission. In most cases, like 99% of the time. And uh, that didn't even exist back in those days. And uh, oftentimes, you know, you're sitting up there falling asleep, trying to read through a prospectus, trying to find out what (laughs) they're actually supposed to be doing with the money. And then if you can get the reports back in those days, the reports were were actually about 90 days old already. And uh, it's just a lot of work. I mean, that's the bottom line. It it was a lot of work. And, And a lot of people... Uh, just, you know, roll the dice and, uh, if they get lucky, you know, they, I hope they get lucky because when you're not, it, you know. <laughs> all right, well, thank you very much. All right. Well, thanks for calling. Wayne. have a good weekend. You do say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. can be, uh, really tough. And, uh, <laughs> I'm talking to younger people now, you guys have a huge advantage. One of the disadvantages that you have is that so I mean right now is that stock prices are kind of elevated you know they're they're higher than they really should be in a lot of the categories not all of them 
Um, the large cap in particular, like the S&P 500, those, the valuations on those top stocks that make up the majority of that index are really high. And if the economic growth slows down significantly for, you know, one or two years, you're going to see the market cut in half. I mean, it'll go down 50%. And what's really wild is, is I keep forgetting until I look and I see my reflection in the glass in the radio station and see how gray and thin my hair is. <laughs> I I forget when I was your age and we were in the uh, stock market, but I knew the stock market was overvalued in uh, 2002. So, but, and at that point in time, you had CDs that were paying five or 6%, you know, big difference. You had uh real estate investment trusts that were paying 10 to 11%, the high quality ones, not the garbage. Okay. You had, High yield bonds, the high yield bond index, the index including all high yield bonds was paying right around 11. And today those numbers are less than half of that. So my, my point is that you don't, we don't have as many places to turn. So you've got to be really careful today. You got to be really careful at how you're investing. Do you, do you have a strategy in place? Um, are you fairly comfortable with that strategy? And I'm working right now, actually, we're always working to, to try to, to touch base with our clients, just to try to go over that kind of stuff. And if you're hearing this and I haven't gotten to you yet, you are on the list and it's tough. Try to get a hold of three of, three of your good friends in one day. Try that sometime. Yeah. Now try to get a hold of five of them. <laughs> it's pretty difficult. So, but, but we are in, uh, it's, just so important that you have a strategy and it's not a, it's not predicting where the market's going to be. That, that's not a good strategy. And, uh, I feel bad because I'm talking to this young kid. He's in his mid twenties and he's got his first real good job. You know, so excited. And somebody told him that stocks average 10% a year. And that if you put $10,000 in there, you, you know, it's 11,000 in a year. And then you put another thousand bucks in there and, and then you're going to make another 10% on that. Somebody told him this, that he trusts. And that's actually not, that's not how the stock market works. The, the stock market, the stock market goes up and down a lot, like a lot, a lot. You can be down 40 or 50% and that's normal. That's absolutely normal. That's happened. It doesn't happen that frequently, but it's happened at least four times in my life. So, I mean, how many times, how old are you? If you're in your 40s, I wouldn't worry about it. If you're past the age of 55, I'd probably be a little bit more careful as to how much money that you have in stock funds. And uh, today you can do a lot of things that we couldn't do 15 years ago. 15 years ago, three quarters of the funds that that have come out, uh, well, of exchange traded funds did not exist. Think about that for a second. And it does make it easier if you know what you're doing. If you can go through a financial statement, you have a pretty good idea. You don't have to be an expert, by the way. There are certain things you do want to look for. Uh, You don't have to know what every line means, I I promise you. And uh, in fact, that's another whole story, but maybe we'll come back to that in a future show. But you need to be fairly, um, fairly adept, you know, sales, profit margins, you know, the uh, amount of cash that's in treasury, you know, the, uh, how much, and once you get past those numbers, by the way, everything starts to get a little bit 
uh, iffier. You're, you're, you're relying on financial people that work at the companies to do estimates. And that's fine. You know, but uh, you have to understand an estimate is an educated guess. And uh, so there are only a handful of things that you can actually really know for sure. And it's very helpful. And in fact, I ran this illustration. And if you want a copy of this illustration I'm about to talk about, feel free to either send me an email, call. We have a five-minute phone chat. I can send it out to you. I just can't send it out to the general public. I can't blast it out like that. I don't have the license to do that. But if I'm if I'm talking to you, your uh, perspective, you know, you're thinking about investing uh, with me or anybody else, then uh, you can we can have a conversation. I can get this to you. If you're a client, um, let me get this to you. I built a model. I call it the DOL model, Department of Labor model. A few years ago, the Department of Labor came out with a bunch of rules as far as how you're supposed to diversify. Now, they didn't tell you exactly how you had to invest, which is really kind of wild because they said, okay, you you guys need to be careful and here's some general guidelines. Uh, And when we come back with questions, they go, oh, no, we're not answering that. (laughs) Are you kidding me? So that's the kind of... uh, (laughs) <laughs> that's the kind of direction we've gotten from the uh, the government. Anyway, I built a model that I felt like would comply with that. And it's done well. Um, it's got large, medium, small cap, international emerging markets. It's got, it's got everything in there. And uh, over the past couple of years, they've kind of loosened up and clarified a little bit on some of that stuff. So it's gotten a little bit easier. And I think it, it's going to, I think it's going to help. I really do. I think you can put together I've got a model right now. It's a little simpler. Uh, it they're within one percent of each other, you know, basically within one percent of each other. That the biggest difference is the newer model has slightly fewer funds in it. That's really the biggest difference. And um, actually, it may be a little bit less expensive, maybe one tenth of one percent or so. But um, you know, if you're if you're dealing with billions, that's meaningful. If you're not billing, you know, dealing with millions, it's not that meaningful. <laughs> so it's not a huge break out there. But uh, anyway, I hear the music. That means I, uh, this first segment's already over. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. Hey, you're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us and uh, have us do some work for you, some simple financial planning, um, feel free to give us a call, 330-664-0700. That's my office line. You can go to BullingtonCapital.com. That's probably the, the easiest, the best way to uh, reach out to us. There's a little contact us form there, and we'll be glad to uh, see what we can do. You know, I'm constantly 
uh, testing out new software uh, to see if somebody comes up with a, a really good idea that's better than one of the ones I'm using. And uh, uh, that's been pretty interesting. Uh, over the past, well, I don't know, a couple of years, there have been a lot of modifications. I'm, I'm really excited to start trying one of them that uh, has just come out because I know the company that does it. And uh, I think it might be, uh, and maybe it's the real deal. The, the bottom line is it's not that hard. I, I just feel so bad for people when they get into that. When you hear somebody talk about a financial planner, the, the very first thing they want to do is to have you go through a budget, which is incredibly important. And But doing one is not that easy. I mean, have you ever sat down and done a budget and try to figure out and track every dime of, of every money, you know, all your pay? It It's pretty hard. So, and that's like, that's called cash flow, um, financial planning. You're, you're, you're basically looking at the cash flow and giving every dollar a, uh, a job. I've heard all that kind of stuff. Uh, I like the other type where you set a goal and that's called goal based financial planning. Hey, I need approximately this much income. How would I know that? Well, I actually did sit down and do a general budget for a, a month. And I figured out how much I have to spend. What are my, what do I absolutely have to spend on the things like food, gas, uh, natural gas, electricity, water bill, whatever your, your rent or your taxes on the real estate, all that stuff. What are the things that you have to spend money on? Okay. And once you got what those, once you have those, you can just divide that number. Actually, I shouldn't say that. It depends on your age. Um, I use some software today that comes from uh, a really huge firm that's actually the largest asset manager on the planet. And they give you this thing. It's called a, a, a glide path, or some people call it a glide path. It, it Basically, you put your age in there and the amount of assets you have and any sources of income that you might have, and it'll give you an estimate of the sustainable withdrawal rate. So that makes it just really easy. i give an example. Let's say I'm, uh, I don't know, 67 years old. I've got a million dollars, and uh, I want to know how much I should be taking out. So you just put the, the numbers in there, and it'll tell you based on the type of portfolio you have. So it starts off at conservative. You can go moderate. You can go aggressive, and it'll give you an, an estimate depending on what kind of investor you are and the amount of money you have and the age that you are. So that's pretty, that's pretty slick. And that, that takes not much time. So that's one of the things I'm working on this, this year, first half of this year is writing down a lot of this stuff. Uh, I'll start to publish it out of my blog, my website, just to make this stuff easier because financial planning does not have to be that hard or complicated. Every time I, I hear so much stuff, it's really frustrating to hear about all the things that you should be watching and, and taking care of. Yeah, it's the uh, it's called life, you know. <laughs> but you know, you do. It is important that you have a, a general idea uh, of you know it should be within a few hundred dollars or so of what your basic necessities are. And once you have that number down, uh, you've got to figure out what you're going to get from Social Security or any pensions you, you, you might have. And then how much in assets do you have today? What are you saving? Are you adding to it? What kind of portfolio are you going to run? All that stuff 
it, it actually takes literally when you have the information on savings and expenses, it only takes about five minutes to put that together in the software. So that that's cool. I'm going to try to bring that out as much as possible this year. And this won't be the last time we talk about it. I just, I like to keep things as simple as humanly possible. And, uh, I, I get that from my, uh, my father's side of the family. That's how, that's how he was. And, uh, that's a lot, a lot of his people were, and, and these are personality traits that people are born with. I've come to realize that over the past 30 some odd years or so people have certain personality traits and there, there's a reason people like to do cash flow based planning. And I'm telling you, uh, that is really hard. It's a lot of work. There's actually a guy who does the uh, planning here is on the, uh, estate planning team. That's what he does. The, the cash flow type planning, very tedious and it's a lot of work. So I, uh, my hat's off to him. I found a way that I like that's a lot simpler and it goes along with my personality and to each his own. You know, that's, that's what I have to say. But if you, if you want to get a general snapshot, it, it's so much easier for me to generate that idea in a few minutes than it is to take a long time. So I'm going to leave that alone. Just again, just know that if you're interested in seeing one of those reports, you can also call and, uh, you know, set up a phone call. There's, there's no cost or anything to doing it. Um, you'll do most of the work and, uh, I can punch the numbers into the, the software that it takes, like I said, about maybe 15 to 30 minutes, somewhere around there. And then it'll spread out the reports and, and you have a really good idea of what a reasonable range of incomes you could expect based on how much money you've saved and, and all that other stuff. So having said that, one of the things that, that is kind of unique to the, the economic situation that we're in today in this country is that interest rates are really, really low. They're, they keep threatening to raise interest rates. I'm not sure that they're going to be able to raise them a lot. Uh, rates have gone up a little bit over the past you know, few, uh, few weeks. A 10-year Treasury now is paying 1.7. That, that's up quite a bit from where it was uh, off of its lows. A one-year bill, Treasury bill, is paying 0.548, 0.548%. A two-year Treasury note is now paying 1.016, 1%. Okay, a five-year note is paying 1.5, which is actually that's up about a half a percent or so from where it was, oh, maybe a little over a year ago. But 1.5%. On a million dollars, okay, is fifteen thousand bucks. So you'd have to have a million dollars in an account to generate fifteen thousand. By the way, that's taxable. You have to pay tax on fifteen thousand. And you'd have to have a million dollars to make fifteen thousand dollars a year. That's that's the predicament. Because the stuff that's paying more than that, basically they're stocks. Stocks fluctuate a lot. I mean not a little bit. Stocks fluctuate a lot. So if you compare uh, a 10-year treasury, 10-year treasury is paying 1.73. That means on a million bucks, it's paying 17000 So that's a uh, that's pretty wild. Let's go back to that $100,000. $100,000, 65-year-old, and it's going to start taking the income next year. And uh, I'm actually going to come back to that, to this, because I have a question. And I'm going to go to the phones right now. Len, are you there? Yeah, hi. Hey, 
Jeffrey, I wanted to ask you about uh, HSA accounts and whether you think that's a good investment, good deal, and what type of uh, investments are you putting the money in? Well, that and that that's a good question. I have one. Uh, I fund mine fully every year. Uh, I leave mine in uh, money market. It's just a checking account because if I if I need to use it, I need to know that it's going to be there. Now, what you could do is leave the amount that's in your in uh, like a money market account for that HSA account just to cover one year's deductible. Okay, so if you've got if you have health insurance, find out what the maximum amount that you could have to pay is the, deduct, the deductibles and copays, and just leave that in money market. I mean, because you don't want to put that in the stock market. And the S and P dropped. The S and P's down, been down more than fifty percent three times in my lifetime. Okay, so if you if you had a a problem and you're in the hospital and you got these big bills. And it came time to pay the bills, and you had the money invested in a stock fund, and it was worth half of what it was when you went into the hospital. That mm-hmm. might, that wouldn't be a good thing. <laughs> that that would be yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. So you want to figure out minimally, and I would probably keep three to five years worth of deductibles in the HSA in uh, the money. It's not going to earn any interest, okay? It, mm-hmm. But it's there for the emergencies in case you need it. So if you wanted right. to keep something like, like maybe three, three, four years, maybe any, anywhere between three and five years, I would keep in just in a money market. And then if you wanted to invest it in something else, well, that just get a diversified plan. I'd probably stick with high quality dividend paying, uh, exchange traded funds. I don't think that's something that, that you can do in individual stocks right now. You might be able to, I don't know the, uh, mm-hmm. but, if you had the option, a lot of them don't have that option. A lot of the HSAs are just, you know, savings accounts. So if you if, if you have the option, then I would probably stick with uh, high quality dividend stock funds. And there are a couple of them that are out there. If you want to uh, hit me up, send me an email. I can shoot you over some uh, information on it. But uh, there are ones that I'm I'm just very fond of because I understand the investment process that they go through, and uh, and I like it a lot. So I, I use it in a portion of the money that uh, that I'm managing. So yeah. can can HSA be used to pay Medicare premiums? You know what? I am not a health insurance uh, or HSA expert. I I don't know. So I would okay. actually have to there's a there's a person that I call for that. <laughs> I refer uh people to them all the time and uh that's another I have I don't have his permission to to use his name on the air but uh, again that's something else I could I could refer you to him as well. And he's a specialist and uh, lives right here in Richfield. Uh, so, see, uh, he can answer that question for you. So, what, uh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, thanks very much. Uh, you answered my question. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you. Have a good day. That's funny how that falls back on what we started off talking about at the beginning of the, uh, the program. A financial advisor. Uh, typically registered investment advisor is really our, our vocation is the investment world. We have to be associated with a lot of the other stuff. And oftentimes people think that, uh, you know, we should be doing taxes or health savings accounts. And that, that actually doesn't fall. That gives tax advice and we're not allowed to do that. You have to have to license for that now. 
And uh, so I, this is really funny. I ordered a uh, the a kit for beginning income tax preparers. The beginning income tax preparers. This book is 2,200 pages. <laughs> 2,200 pages, and it's 10-point font. I measure. That means smaller than normal type that you see uh, most newspapers. Yeah, or a lot of newspapers. And uh, I'm going, you have got to be kidding. By the way, there was a huge section in there on HSAs. <laughs> I think it was about 35 pages. So, um, yeah. See, that to me, I I can remember way back when I was in college. I kept thinking, this is obscene. The, the tax code, I, d- I took the income tax accounting class when I was in college. By the way, it changes about 15 to 20% a year. So after three years, you're, you know, <laughs> you're lost. You're starting over, well, except that you're familiar with it. But the, um, anyway, it changes so much that uh, I just didn't want to try to keep up with it. And uh, uh, so I know enough to know when I need to refer you to somebody else. And that's basically what most MDs are. You know, you go to MD, you know, as a general practitioner, he's going to say, oh, okay, you're having problems with your ear, nose, and throat. Well, I'm not going to send you to a podiatrist. Yeah, I'm going to send you to somebody who actually specializes in that area. And that's what it's come to in, in our industry. You know, it's a, um, and, and I don't mind. I mean, and it is kind of interesting reading through some of that stuff. And I've, I've looked into a lot of this stuff for clients. And, you know, the rules change just about every year. That's the other thing. Um, informed consent. That's a, that's a new phrase that it's been around for a while, but uh, it has more meaning to me lately than it ever has. Uh, informed consent. That means when you're doing research, you're saying, okay, this is what I know. Here's where I got the information. Here's what it seems to be saying. Now, here's the name of a, of someone who specializes in that area. So you, to do the A-plus job, you need to call him and verify because this is really out of my field. And uh, well, quite frankly, we're not allowed to answer a lot of those questions. So um, I can tell you that informed consent, The uh, I'm informing you that, hey, this is not my bailiwick. It's not what I do. And you're consenting that you know that, <laughs> that I'm not a specialist in those areas. So I can't imagine spending my life reading the uh, Internal Revenue Code. Yeah, I know there are a lot of people that really like it. You know, I'm thank goodness because you know I've got a, a couple of acquaintances. Acquaintance, can't even speak this morning. I have a couple of buddies <laughs> that specialize in those fields, and thank goodness for them because uh, you know you really need that today. Anyway, so we're talking about the income. So if you're looking at hundred thousand bucks, and you're looking at short term bonds, let's say one or two years. They're paying less than 1% right now, and that's that's not a lot. 1% on a million bucks, 1% on $100,000 is 1000 bucks. It's $1,000 a year, a little over $80 a month. And we're going to have to wait until we get back from these commercial messages to uh, finish this thought up. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. I'll be right back.
We're back. Hey, this is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning. You can go to my website if you'd like to talk more about some of the stuff that we're talking about. I think it's a, um, it's interesting today how many different things there are. The, the number of investment choices have just blown up substantially. So it's a lot to think about. Anyway, so if you'd like some help there, just feel free to give us a call. We've got the really quick uh, retirement plan you want to see if you're on on pace. There are a lot of calculators out there online. Uh, Some of them can get kind of confusing at times. And uh, the other thing that I really uh, kind of bothers me is when you start seeing the assumptions on the returns on some of the software. That's, uh, oh man, it's just, when you put in a 10% average annual return, um, that's not going to come without a significant amount of risk. I mean, it's, and it's a lot. I just I can't believe it. I, I can't believe how much risk there is on a, um, a, a government bond with interest rates as low as they are. Now they, and they've crept up. Interest rates have crept up. So bond prices have been dropping. And I don't think that's going to end anytime real soon. Uh, if you are within 10 years of retirement, you might want to be taking a really hard look at how, what your asset allocation is. Um, I just, you know, I hate to see the same thing happen that happened in 2007, 2008, 2009. Okay. The, the market peaked in November of 2007. And by March of 2009, it was down over 50%. The vast majority of, of stock funds were down more than 50% during that time period. So if you're planning on retirement or if you're already retired and you're taking money out, that that's a problem. And by the way, bonds, the, the alternative, the thing that you use to try to buffer against the volatility, they fluctuated too. They weren't down as much, but you had a lot of high quality A-rated bonds that were down 14, 15% or so. And bond funds that were holding AAA rated uh, short-term bonds and they were down, you know, in the mid-teens. So that's the uh, that's one of the risks that, that you, you got to be aware of. One of the solutions to that, I think, is is a fixed indexed annuity. I didn't like these products before, but now that interest rates are so low, you know, they make a lot more sense. And I was starting to talk about somebody who is uh, going to be retiring at sixty-six. He's sixty-five now. He's going to be taking income from it, so he puts a hundred thousand bucks in. And uh, a year from now, when he can turn the income on, he's going to get $5,803 a year. It's so funny when I say that. A lot of people go, you mean a month? Of $1,500 a month from $100,000? No. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. But uh, anyway, so if you look at, if you divide that by the percentage that you started with, you know, you start with 100 but it, it's a year. That's not, it's not super accurate. But anyway, so I'll just skip it. Um, it's $5,803. And if you'd like to see this website where I got that information from, if you'd like to put your own numbers in there and kind of play around with it, uh, again, send me an email and I'll be glad to get that back to you. But what's what I really like about this one too is if you put off taking the income from it so you don't need the income for another five years, well, that, that same person that started off with the 100000 bucks two, three, four, five years from now, the guarantee goes to $7,945. You know, that's almost 8%. That, that's pretty good. On, 
8% on what you originally started with. It doesn't count compounding and, you know, and all that other stuff. Uh, it's a, uh, yeah, so probably shouldn't have even said that now that I talk about it, but yeah, there is a schedule online there that the more you delay taking it, the higher it goes. So it's kind of like social security in that if you don't take it right away, uh, it'll go up each year. And this one's a schedule. So it's, it's based on a schedule and you can see what that schedule is. If you have any interest in that whatsoever, I think it makes sense for an awful lot of people, especially people that are on fixed incomes and uh, looking for alternatives uh, in that area. I think this one makes a lot of sense to consider. And uh, which brings me to one last point before I start talking about stocks, the individual stocks is, you know, as a uh, fiduciary, uh, we're required to do what's in your best interest. I just want you to know that. And, doesn't matter. I was a, I treated my clients that way long before that came a law, be, before it became a law. But now when you're a uh, registered investment advisor, uh, advisor representative and you own a rest, registered investment advisor firm, it, it's law. You have to operate in your client's best interests. So just thought I'd throw that out there. And again, if you hear anything that you'd like more information on, just go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. There's a uh, form on there, online form. You can fill it out and make sure you write the question in, by the way. It's like, I get this a, a lot. People put their name and email and then they forget to write the question. <laughs> so it just speeds the process up a little bit. And, uh, okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about individual stocks. You know, this is something I've always done. I have a small portion of my money and it's the same thing I recommend to clients. Don't today, unless you've got Unless you have an enormous amount of time, you've got to have a lot of training and uh, you've got to have a stomach for risk. Managing individual stocks is not an easy thing to do. It's extremely difficult. So having said that, here's the list that came up. One of the uh, lists from the, uh, uh, the last one I ran, last time I ran my scan. And I thought there, there's some pretty interesting looking stuff here. Uh, there's a company, I don't know what this company does. I, I just think Fathom Digital Manufacturing Corporation. I have no idea. They, it looks like they came public not too long ago and the shares started actively trading somewhere around, uh, mid December. Thing goes from 10 bucks down to five. Now it's back to $10 and 24 cents. That's really volatile, but the, the chart on it looks pretty good and the symbol is FATF. Uh, and I don't even know what they do because it just came up on this scan and I'll have to look that up later. I just like the, uh, the look of the chart. And if you go to, I, I'll publish these rules again at some point in time. I, I never, when I'm going to trade a stock, uh, I'm a, I'm considered to be a long-term trader, <laughs> which is kind of an oxymoron. Uh, it means I'm not going to be day trading or holding on to it for a few days I'm hoping that each stock I, every stock I buy is going to go up a lot and that I'll be hanging on to it for several months or maybe a year or longer. So this is not long-term investing. This is, uh, I guess the best way to call it is intermediate term trading. So it's an intermediate term. Uh, it's not long-term, but it's not short-term either. It's like in the middle there. And that's where, that's where I like to be. One of these days, if they ever get our office, our new office built out. That's, we've been, we were supposed to be on, out in uh, November of last year. So 
that ever gets done, we'll start doing some meetings on this again. And, and, and it's a lot of fun. And here's the, uh, um, one that looks kind of interesting to me. It's called Nextar, uh, Nextar Media Group. Uh, looks like it's a broadcaster. The, uh, NXST is a symbol. The price is about 158 bucks, 42 cents. Um, I'll come back to that in a second because I have, oh, no, never mind. Yeah, I thought I was going to have a phone call. Um, and if you'd like to call me, 216-901-0945, we have a few minutes here left. And if you'd like to reach me in my office, you can go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com, or 330-664-0700, 330-664-0700. And uh, I'd be glad to try to help you out any way I can. And so there's not a lot of stocks that came up on this scan. And if you notice what's been going on in the stock market, not around four or five percent or so in the last week or so, that's a, uh, um, that's really normal. That's extremely normal. So the fact that there were only 18 stocks that came up on the scan, that's, that's kind of a low number. And that would just kind of confirm what we're seeing right now in the market as far as the, uh, uh, individual stocks go. The vast majority of them are not breaking out to new highs. Uh, that, that'd be highly unusual if you had a couple hundred stocks making the uh, making a scan when the market was in uh, what could be a correction mode. And uh, which brings me back to the the, the same comment that I I, I never finished the, the story. Of the young guy uh, who's uh, was being told that the stock market averages 10% a year and the way that it was explained to him, it was 10% like it was interest on a CD. So I'm going, wow, you know, no, that's actually not how it works. The, the 10% number, depending on when you start counting can be pretty accurate. The, uh, but if you started, you know, at the wrong time, no way. Here, let me, let me pull this up. I'm going to, I love doing this, by the way. It's, people need to know. That's my my biggest, uh, I guess, one of the biggest, mm, I don't know what to call it. Um, it's just something I really feel strongly about that, you know, if you're going to be in stocks and here you are in March of 2000 and you're going to buy the S&P 500 uh, ETF back at that time, you'd, you'd have paid 150 bucks for it. It got as high as 150 bucks. And then here you are, Three years later, uh, it actually the, the bottom was actually hit near the end of 2003. It went up a little bit and then came back down. Didn't go quite as low, but it was down 50%. 50% over nearly three years. That's painful. So avoiding that is kind of a big deal. If you want to learn how, hit me up, BullingtonCapital.com. This is Bill Bulling here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good luck. Good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.